Welcome to the Stefan Levira podcast. Welcome to the show, guys. This is episode 24 of the Stefan Levera podcast. And my guest today is Adam Fixor. Thanks, Adam. Thanks for coming on. Uh, hi, Stefan. Thanks for having me. Uh, by the way, it's because it's everyone is mispronouncing it. And maybe maybe this is the first time I correct it, but it's Fichor. Oh, yeah. Fichor. Okay, got it. Okay. <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. So just to intro Adam to the... Uh, listeners, Adam is a well. He's also known as Nopara seventy three. He is a very well known Bitcoin privacy wallet developer and a writer on Bitcoin privacy. He's a very prolific open source contributor in the top one hundred contributors on GitHub, and he is the CTO and a co-founder of the company ZK Snacks, which is a company that researches and implements products that help provide Bitcoin privacy and keep Bitcoin fungible. So, uh, Adam, do you want to just uh, tell the listeners a little about your background in privacy research on Bitcoin? Uh, yes. So, you know, there is this old joke that uh, everyone wants to fix their own problem, like uh, psychologists, psychologists are crazy or physiologists were all fat. And I, I just want to launder out all my dirty bitcoins from the Silk Road. So that's why that's my motivation is coming from. <laughs> 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 no, just 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 kidding. I just um, I just really wanted to. Well, how much time you have? <clears throat> I just wanted to to get into Bitcoin development, and I seen this thing called Joy Market, which was everyone was so interested, everyone was so excited about it, and I I thought I can contribute to it. Uh, but then I I I discovered some some problems. Uh, technical problems, which which just let me in, led me into this rabbit hole that I realized I have to learn much more about Bitcoin programming because it's it's much uh, harder than I initially thought. So so it just led me into this privacy rabbit hole, and and I ended up uh, creating this wallet, Wasabi Wallet. Sure, sure. And now I think it's important to set the context here. So. Why is privacy important and who is privacy for? Um, how much money do you have? Could you tell me exactly what did you buy uh, the last uh, two weeks, uh, every item you did? Uh, do you feel intimidated by these questions? Because without privacy, if Bitcoin would be staying the way it is right now and blockchain analysis is progressing uh, then i wouldn't even have to ask these questions from you i can just look it up yeah that's a great answer i like the positive framing of privacy with your company and with the wallet so can you tell us why the company is called zk snacks and why the wallet is now branded as wasabi wallet Oh, it's a good story too. <laughs> yes, yeah, so first I, I, I wanted to call it Hidden Wallet, even when I was uh, going with Joy Market. So so I, yeah, a couple of years ago, my idea was that creating a Bitcoin wallet, that's a uh, first step is uh, putting Joy Market into it, but it's a uh, technology agnostic. So it can be any privacy technology uh, into this wallet and, and I called it Hidden Wallet. I was uh, developing it uh, for a long time. And around last last year, when I when I got into into a position that I could I could release the wallet, and and I released it too. Uh, uh, but but around one year ago, in the scaling Bitcoin Stanford conference i was going there and i went to the us and in the us they stopped me in the in the immigration they asked me why did i come to the us and i said i, I i'm coming for a bitcoin conference and and 
because they heard the word Bitcoin, they took me to another room and kept there for 12 hours. And in the 12 hours, I wasn't allowed to use any electronic technology or, or anything. I was just uh, there sitting in my own thoughts and and I become a little paranoid. Uh, I was I was thinking about a lot of things. I became a little paranoid that hey, did they figure out that I'm working on privacy and stuff like that? Are they are they keeping me there because I'm working on privacy? What's going to happen now? Uh, and at that point, I decided that I will try to bring this thing because you know it should be pretty obvious that. Uh, People who are working on privacy should not be jailed uh, just because of that. Um, oh, especially now that Cody Wilson got uh, arrested in Taiwan. Who knows why? Uh, anyway, um, so so I, I got really afraid and I decided to delay the software uh, release as long as I can. And I started rewriting the very very basic backend technology. I wrote a Tor library just to to make it uh, better and to delay the software. And then I, I figured out, all right, let's bring it to a completely legal field. Let's not do it as as a gray gray wallet, you know, in a gray area, but let's do it legally. And I ended up uh, teaming up with two lawyers who are the CEOs of ZK Snacks. And they are they made sure that uh, legally everything is on on place, and we are not going to be just uh, you know scapegoated like Cody Wilson recently. That was that mm. was the idea. So and 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 why why the wasabi wallet? It's because we felt safer to go with a more family friendly name than with hidden wallet yeah yeah no that's a great point i like that because i think it helps reinforce that privacy is not just for these hoodlums wearing wearing hoodies and hackers and evil people but it's for everyone you know the problem is that uh, you cannot be anonymous by yourself a privacy likes company you have to hide in a crowd so if, yeah. if no one else is using what you are using, then you are not really private because you are sticking out of the crowd. Yeah, sure, sure. Appreciate that. Okay, so now what does the current landscape in terms of cryptocurrency privacy look like? So maybe could you tell us why why you didn't go and work on, say, Monero? Why Bitcoin? Oh, as I said, I was just uh, drugged into this uh, technical I, I didn't see the big picture. You know, if, if I would have uh, approached it rationally, I would have go on Monero or something else because that's where the money is, right? And a lot of people are doing that. That's where the money is. Uh, if you are in a in the core of uh, altcoin, then you are making money. I know I was there and I was making money like that, but uh, that's that might... I, I like Monero, you know, they 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 really get it. But sometimes I, I think do they really get it? Because if if there is a privacy improvement in Bitcoin, they are really, really into just just uh, talking shit about that all day long. So do they really get the privacy or is it just the money? Uh, probably both. Anyway. The point is that I, I I didn't see the big picture. I was dragged into this uh, this this rabbit hole of how to how to connect uh, the Python code of the newly uh, released uh, .NET Core code. But I, I was I was I was writing so 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 it was such a such a technical challenge for me, and I I just I I refused to give up. You know, I persisted on it and. And I ended up uh, being here now. <laughs> mm. Okay, yeah, sure. And then, what is the current landscape in term? What does it oh, look yes. like in terms of things like coin mixing? What do the current mixers cost? What sort of anonymity do they offer? Yes. So this is an interesting question. On on the one hand, 
everyone is concentrating on mixing, right? Because you want to mix on the blockchain, but that's not the full story. So, for example, have you heard of Blockchain Info's Shared Coin? Yes. So Shared Coin was a mixing service using CoinJoin. So that's that's a nice idea. But is it really a nice idea if you already tell Blockchain Info every uh, address says what you own and every balance says what you own because otherwise the website couldn't show you what's your uh, balance is or couldn't create you transactions, you know what I mean? So, so it's a nice mixing technique, but privacy is like security where it is the weakest, that's where you are going to fail. And so most of the most of the Bitcoin wallets are doing this. Uh, they are they are uh, give if you are using a light wallet, uh, they are giving to a black backend server at every addresses you own, so they know everything about you. Uh, and there are the SPV wallets, which are a little bit more subtle. Uh, Bloom filtering SPV wallets, to be to be correct. Uh, they are uh, broadcasting bloom filters to to every to, to Bitcoin nodes they they need information from and in 2015 uh, Nick Jonas uh, established that uh, with by crawling for these bloom filters and and combining network on, uh, combining blockchain analysis they could uh, de-anonymized 70% of all uh, Bitcoin Bloom filtering SPV wallets. So this is the other light client, right? And there is the Electrum. This is the third light client type. Electrum was uh, is just uh, broadcasting your addresses uh, to every Electrum server. So, I mean, not every, but the Electrum server uh, you are interested in. So, so that's not very private either. And there is the Bitcoin full node, Bitcoin core and things like that. Those, those are downloading the whole blockchain so no one can figure out which, which, which addresses, which transactions you are interested in. And uh, then I figured out uh, another, I figured out, uh, Jonas Schnelli uh, figured, well, actually Satoshi Nakamoto figured out and wrote it into the white paper that there is another uh, S. That was the true SPV wallet back then. That uh, you are downloading the transaction, uh, the, downloading all the blocks from the creation of your wallet. So, so this was Satoshi's SPV idea, and Jonas Schnelli wrote uh, wrote a pull request in into Bitcoin Core. It was like I don't know three years ago, and still didn't. I just no no progress on it. But that would be really really interesting. So so that's that's kind of light, but not that light. I uh, wrote it in C sharp, and Stratis wrote it in C sharp too. Basically, we we had some code exchange there, and and I was working on Stratis's Breeze wallet. So so set Stratis's Breeze wallet this full block SPV node, and my hidden wallet was this full block SPV node. And now there is a new thing called wow, it's got so so many names: Neutrino, Bip one fifty eight, Bip. 157 uh, so client side filtering uh, SPV nodes which were developed by the Lightning Labs uh, developer uh, Rose Beef and there was something else sorry for the not remembering your name and they developed this this thing where they basically turn the Bloom filters around so you are not if you are the light client, you are not sending your Bloom filters, but the full nodes sending you filters, which are Golomb Rice filters. It doesn't matter. The only difference is the Golomb Rice filters are smaller than the Bloom filters. So the full nodes are sending you Bloom uh, Golomb Rice filters. And from those filters, you can figure out which blocks you are interested in, and then you can connect to tour and change identities and ask every random bitcoin full note for one block only once and that way you can establish your wallet balance uh nicely easily and it's 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 
and in a lightweight mode. And that's what I did uh, in Wasabi. So that was the improvement from Hidden Wallet to Wasabi that I changed the full block downloading SPV mode to this Golombrise filtering SPV mode. And, and that's why it became much, much more lighter. Like Sure, sure. Yeah. Okay. And I think just to maybe just make sure I keep it accessible for listeners who maybe aren't as technical, um, what Adam is explaining there is that your your Bitcoin wallet, if it's on a standard mobile phone wallet, it in some ways erodes your privacy because it's when it polls the network and it's asking a full node, hey, send me what my you know my balances are, what my UTXOs are. It it's then revealing what um, it's kind of eroding your privacy. And so with these new improvements such as Neutrino, and uh, uh, these are ways that your wallet will not give give up that privacy. So maybe let's, let's kind of talk a little bit about the overarching framework that Wasabi wallet is part of. So from my reading, it mentions uh, on the website, it mentions that it is part of the Charmian CoinJoin Zero Link framework, alongside some other wallets such as Samurai Wallet and Bob Wallet. So, Adam, can you give us an overview of what the Zero Link framework is? Yes, exactly. So, I already explained you the first part. So, Zero Link framework, because as I said, everyone is concentrating on uh, blockchain uh, analysis, but uh, actually you have to you have to put all the pieces together and you have to be be there from a privacy point of view on the network level too right how you are broadcasting your transactions do you use rbf not use rbf and what kind of way you are establishing your wallet balances which i just uh, explained this and this is one part and the other part of the zero link framework is that the blockchain uh, analysis part which which so zero link framework can work together with many mixing techniques those are round based right so round based mixing techniques for example coin shuffle tumblebit and chomi and coin join which actually chomi and coin join was uh, described by me on in the Z- described uh well worked out properly on the zero link uh, paper so so that that two basically goes together but it doesn't really have to be chomi and coin join for the record uh, and then chomi and coin join is a bitcoin mixing technique which which i implemented into wasabi um, the main differences is between uh, traditional Bitcoin mixers is that uh, there is a coordinator, right? Uh, and the coordinator cannot steal your money, cannot de-anonymize you. And we are actually using a proper amount uh, hiding, amount hiding technique. Uh, hiding technique, now that would be confidential. So we are actually using uh, hiding the amount. So we are using uh, equal output amount. So no one can t- tell you based on the mixed data that uh, which which output corresponds to which input. Uh, some traditional Bitcoin mixers are doing this too. I only need no one that's called a chip mixer. I don't know if they are legit or, but still they can steal and de-anonymize you. So so there is that. Um, yeah, that's about it. Okay, sure. So then let's talk a little bit about the basic way that you would set up the wallet, uh, you know, just kind of the basic steps to set up and does it differ from a standard Bitcoin wallet setup? Well, not, not really. I mean, right now you have to go to GitHub and uh, write a couple of commands into your command line and it's going to run. But I'm already ready with the archives and the Windows installer, so so there is nothing nothing special. You you create a wallet and you're using it. 
Okay, yeah. So basically you would download it, you would install it, and then you would have, say, a, an account set up or a password set up, and it would yes. give you, say, a 12-word Memnonic seed. Yes, yes, exactly. I, the difference is that um, you, when you are sending, when you are receiving, and when you are coin joining, right? Or when you are looking at your history. So the history, the receive part is exactly the same as every other wallet. Uh, the sending part is a little bit different because there is a coin control feature, which is uh, not opt-in, not but uh, required to use. So before you would, you would send your coins to some, before you would send some Bitcoin, you have to choose that which coins you are, uh, wanting to spend and you see actually the history and a little bit of blockchain analysis uh, that uh, what kind of uh, clusters those coins might be into if uh, blockchain analysis would look into to the blockchain and and from there on you can make a very educated decisions that uh, how can you how can you uh, what what coins you want to spend to who it's it's pretty easy you know actually because if you you look at your wallet not a bitcoin wallet just a normal wallet and you see coins in it right so that's the that's the only thing and you give coins to people and you get, get back change so it's exactly the same and it's easy to comprehend and there is a coin join part which is just this easy you just have one button that you are you selecting some coins you want to coin join you are enqueuing those coins and then you wait until the coin join happens and uh, yeah that's that's it it's it's i think it's very very simple yeah sure sure yeah i think it's probably the sort of thing where it, at the start it may be more technical users who are more familiar with this concept of coin control uh, but then over time it might become a bit more well understood Okay, so what I was hoping to discuss next was just in general, when it comes to Bitcoin, what are the main ways that your privacy can be broken? So I think you, you've already touched on this before, but things like looking at the IP address that sends or propagates that transaction or the chain analysis of the UTX of the blockchain. So could you talk a little bit about that in the general case, how privacy can be broken? Uh, yes, so my mental model is that there is a chain-related, blockchain-related stuff, and there is the network-related stuff. So what Wasabi does, it's, it ships with a Tor. Uh, Tor is an anonymity network, and every communication goes through Tor. So, so and, and the other thing, all right. So blockchain-related, network-related, network-related, I talked about how you are establishing your balance and actually how you are broadcasting your balance, which there is a near-perfect solution called Dandelion, but it's not yet implemented. Uh, therefore, we, we are just using a good enough solution, which we are broadcasting the transactions over Tor. Uh, the other thing is, is the blockchain part, is that... Uh, we are attacking it in, in two ways, Attack, tech, tackling it in two ways. One is the coin control feature I talked about, and the other one is uh, the mixing feature I talked about. So the coin control feature lets you make uh, educated decisions uh, on to what coins you want to send to who, and the mixing feature pretty lets you lets you make those educated decisions obsolete by mixing the coins, you know, so you, you don't really need to care about anymore that what coins you want to send to who, but the mixing feature is, of course, not instant. Well, yet, hopefully, there will be so many people to use it that it's going to be instant because, as I said, you need a lot of people to be anonymous and and, and the more people are using it, the user experience, uh, the speed of mixing everything just gets better and better over time. So that's really exciting. Now, the next thing that's important when it comes to pre preserving privacy, and you've sort of touched on this before, can you explain what is an anonymity set and why is that important? Oh, it just means uh, if, you are, if you see a unspent transaction output, 
a coin on a blockchain, then how many people could potentially own that coin? So if if it can be only you and you, because I, I, I don't know, an exchange sent you, so your anonymity set against the exchange is uh, one, because exchange knows exactly who owns that coin, because they know your customer, you, right? But if, uh, if, if there is a mixing, uh, for example, in Wasabi, the anonymity set is 100, while right now it's actually 12, but it's going up, uh, then, then, then you can, then if you look at a coin, then it can be 100 people can own this coin, right? And, and if you are even further mixing that, then who knows how much the anonymity set mental model uh, dies there. Similarly right. to Monero, right? They have small anonymity set, but they are mixing every transactions, and uh, and that well, they 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 try to claim that's multiplying it, but that doesn't really. Uh, never mind. So the anonymity set model is 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 different. Yeah. So so I guess the point you're trying to make there is that the more people that are part of that anonymity set, the better the privacy. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Okay. And so now, as you've mentioned before, there are companies out there and some exchanges employ the services of these chain analysis companies and they look at the blockchain to try and, you know, find a heuristic and understand where are these coins being linked. So can you talk a little bit about what is the, what are the key heuristics in play here? What do they rely on to link a UTXO an unspent transaction output against an, a specific individual? Uh, yes. There are a couple. So, for example, if someone sends uh, one Bitcoin to a Bitcoin address and some other people sends one Bitcoin to the same Bitcoin address, then you will see two coins. Those are on the same Bitcoin address, right? So, so this is the, the basic heuristic that that address must be owned by one person. So that two coin must be owned by one person. So this is the reason why you should not uh, receive money to the same Bitcoin address. Uh, and there are a couple of heuristics like this, which are not these obvious, but uh, hopefully we are going to break them in a big way in the future. And and by V, I'm not uh, only meaning Wasabi, but uh, the Bitcoin community. So if we are, we are creating transactions, those look like uh, a heuristic can apply, uh, but it actually, it's not what it means. Then, uh, then 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 their assumptions are broken so even if the heuristic would apply correctly you know they 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 just cannot know this is what a pay to endpoint does but i i don't want to get into it right now yes yeah so i think what i'd summarize that then is it's it, it's like saying if the inputs as in the utxos basically the heuristic is that all the utxos belong to the same person right and then if the script puppy is the same. Yes, as in if or if in one transaction they're both being sent, then the idea is that these companies would try and link those two UTXs, UTXOs together or multiple UTXOs and say, okay, those multiple UTXOs, they probably belong to one person. Yeah, so it depends on what you are using the blockchain analysis uh, product for or what is it designed. So for example, an exchange, what, what they are using well, I, I talked to a CEO of an exchange. I, I don't want to say the name. And they said they they apply the blockchain analysis uh, tool just to be sure. And just they can say about, they can say this to their uh, customers. And not long ago, I've read, a, I have read, a, read I have listened to a podcast uh, about Ellie the CEO of 
elliptic or channelizes, I, I don't know, one of it. And, and they said 50% of all the people who are using uh, darknet markets, they are sending directly to exchanges. And these are the transactions they are actually can 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 100% uh, say that hey this is this is something that the exchange probably doesn't want to have well probably the exchange want to have because they want to have more money and volume and stuff like that never mind so uh, so 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 this is where they are right now that uh, if they are directly sent from a darknet market to the exchange then they can spot it and and it looks like even uh, what what they are saying even the smallest coin join where where like join market where where smallest uncertainty is introduced they they rather let it go and not coming to to conclusions except if if it's a high profile case like the madgox coins or or something like that I see. So it's like they have a very, very tolerant filtering sort of process. And in some ways, it's like you're mentioning that some of these exchanges are doing it for the sake of having plausible deniability, let's say, to say, oh, yeah, we're trying to do chain analysis. Yes. Um, Now, the other point that I'm interested in is there have been some addresses that were listed, you know, as kind of like, you know, uh, on the um, OFAC sanctions listing. And I'm I'm curious then because then the problem is how how many steps back would they trace to? So let's say the coins were originating from some kind of dark net market or some kind of mixing known mixing address. How many steps back could these chain analysis companies realistically apply that? Yeah, you don't really know what I told you before. It was just an anecdotal evidence too, so it it must be taken with a grain of salt. So, but but you don't know these companies are not <laughs> they they are not uh, putting their code into the GitHub and Meet licensing it. So <laughs> you you don't know. You you can guess. I'm speculating only. You don't know. Sure, sure. Fair point. Now the other thing is around perhaps what we might call fingerprinting of a transaction. So if a transaction looks like a coin join transaction, then perhaps that is another way that a chain analysis type company could try to, you know, blacklist certain addresses or coins. Can you talk a little bit about what a coin join transaction looks like compared to a standard transaction? It kind of looks like a standard transaction though. I mean, you have uh, you just have more inputs and more outputs, and if the coin join is good enough, then the outputs will have the same values. So, I mean, standard transaction, coin join transaction. You, you, there are millions of uh, reasons why you would create a transaction with many inputs and many outputs. So it's an interesting question. I think basically what you're getting at is that really the coin join transactions need to be made to look as much like a standard transaction as possible. <laughs> yes. So 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 you see, uh, this this is another heuristic what you are talking about. And if the heuristic is broken just in a couple of places, then how reliable their conclusions are. And and it looks to me because there are so many people who just uh, doing uh, terrible stuff and and not. So imagine you are you are uh, you are someone who is doing child pornography on the internet and and you are taking drugs every day. Then you you just you you, you are you are used to taking risk in the real life too. So you're just not going to care about anything around you. You know what I mean? It's uh, they, they, they have such a low hanging fruit that they are not really, they don't really care about uh, those harder to, to understand fruits uh, right now. That's, that's my guess. Like mm, like coin yeah. join. If if someone's doing coin join, not just doing a normal transaction. I, uh, what I heard from Adam Gibson, creator of the join, one of the creator of the join market, uh, he said that they 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 stop there, unless it's it's a high profile case. They they stop their algorithm stops there, and they are not trying to figure out what's what's what might be going on there. 
right now. Maybe in the future mm. it's gonna change. So we we don't know. We'll see. Yeah, sure. Can you talk to the need to use the same amount for mixing transactions rather than you know one party using a one BTC and another party mixing two BTC? Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, yeah. If if I want to mix with you and I have a one BTC coin and you have a two BTC coin, then we put it into one transaction and then the outputs will be like this. I get back one BTC coin, you get back one BTC coin and another one BTC coin. So this is a perfect mix, which is not very rarely happening in real life, but uh, but you get the point, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I see. Um, okay, and I think uh, historically it has been difficult to get people to put in the time and effort to mix the coins. Uh, is there some way this can be overcome by using some kind of coin join or like Wasabi Wallet by default. Yeah, right. It it just it it really comes down to how much uh, risk uh, researchers take. You know, people like to research privacy. They don't really like to act on and implement it. Like the only thing we've seen is join market and some centralized mixers, but the centralized mixers are are operating anonymously without too, taking too much risk. So, so it's an interesting question. If 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 that's that that was my idea with ZK Snacks. If there would be one company at first that uh, gets get things rolling and and show that hey, this is not only legal, but it's. Uh, quite necessary you know privacy of fundamental unalienable human rights so if if there was one company and it get things rolling then might other people will be just hey maybe it's not that risky to to work on privacy in fact necessary so everyone understands the need for privacy but but there is some risk associated with it and we are pioneers we don't know that uh, at what governments are going to figure out maybe they club down on this whole bitcoin thing and we can go home i don't, I don't know <laughs> that would not be good <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i mean i think that's a good example because it may be that once this is proven out it becomes more wide stream sorry more mainstream and widely adopted with a similar technology into other wallets do you see that happening uh, yes, actually, actually, I see that. Uh, well, it might be because I'm uh, I'm talking with people, but there was a guy. Have you heard about Dark Wallet? Uh, it was Cody Wilson mm. and Omir Taki were doing that, and there was a guy who wanted to revive uh, Dark Wallet. Well, I think his 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 nickname was Revive too. <laughs> anyway, uh-huh. uh, so he wanted to revive the dark wallet, and the samurai guys are are, are going into very good directions too. Uh, well, what else? Uh, of course, there is joy market. Uh, although I think the developers are are getting back to research rather than developing it, but anyway, it's 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 it is working. That's for sure. Uh, what else? Oh, there is the Bob Wallet uh, that's, that did the same for Bitcoin. Uh, they came up with a JavaScript uh, zero link implementation very early on. I'm not sure how much traction they get, but that's probably working too. Yeah, so so I see I see I see a lot of things in in privacy because the the scaling debate uh, put put all these things into the background and people were too busy figuring out how to scale Bitcoin. But now that for one year now, people are calm and they 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 are starting to think about these things again, which is which is very nice to see, I think. Yeah, okay. And now the other one I wanted to ask you is around the fact that in the past, there were prior concerns on this around the coordinator of the mix being able to de-identify or, you know, perhaps if, if they were to run a honeypot to try and identify people 
Can you help explain how does wasabi help get around that problem? Uh, yes, there are a couple of couple of ways we can go. Well, for example, one uh, wasabi client um, talking with the coordinator through Tor anonymity network. So real I, IP addresses are not are not uh, exposed and. Well, it, it might be worth noting that uh, most of the Tor attacks are you you hear in the media that hey this person was de-anonymized over Tor and things like that, and 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 all of the all of the Tor attacks are 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 doing doing stuff when you leave the Tor network, so you are the you, exit node. Yes, on the exit node, but uh, in Wasabi, both the coordinator. And the clients are behind store, so the onion network is not left. And and that's one thing. The other thing is, of course, that uh, you are you are registering your inputs into the coordinator, right? That's one step. And how do you register your outputs? Because uh, Tor doesn't just magically make you anonymous. So you have to change Tor identity. So you will look like another uh, Tor node not the same who registered the inputs right so 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 that's 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 the that's the big trick and it's it's much harder to execute than than actually it would would seem anyway uh, that's why the inputs and outputs cannot be joined together and 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 everything else is to handle how the peers not uh, disrupt the rounds, right? So all this Chomian, uh, Chomian blind signature stuff is every, everything else is about uh, defending uh, denial of service attacks by the peer. Yeah, that's... yeah, I see. Okay, and then the other question I had was around the amounts. So my understanding is everyone has to use the same amount in terms of wasabi wallet do you manually set that amount or is it just kind of a set you know 0.1 and everyone just has to mix that exact same amount yes yeah, so it's a very very interesting field of research yeah so the basic thing what we are doing right now is that the amounts are, we set an amount and that's a minimum amount that you have to reach so if but the, the real amount will be what is what is the smallest uh, here provided, right? So if we set 0 0.5 then, and the smallest peer provided a 0 0.6, then 0 0.6 will be this, the mixing denomination. So what's interesting about this, that confidential transactions, which are something that... Uh, well, hopefully we'll get into Bitcoin, probably not, but hopefully uh, that hides the amount so we don't have to to, to mess with these things. Another thing is that uh, there are actually better mixes. Uh, we can make better mixes. So for example, right now, if you put 0 0.6, I put 0. Uh, nine and someone else puts 1.3 then the denomination will be 0 0.6 and that gets mixed but what if the two person who who gets back the change right because they have to get back the the leftover money which is not going to be anonymized what if you they are mixing on top of that in the same transaction so so this is a very interesting field of research which of course confidential transaction would make uh, make obsolete, but I don't really see coming. So, so we we probably have to do this unequal amount mixing research uh, by ourselves. But right now, the stability of the software is the the focus. Okay, and the other question I had was around the interaction between the different privacy technology. So for example, let's say Dandelion comes in to help uh, mask from a transaction propagation point of view. Let's say more people start using Wasabi Wallet. And then let's say people also start using, say, Lightning as well. Can you talk a little bit about 
if you think that interaction between the different you know aspects of privacy technology will that be enough uh, all right so it, it depends on which what what are you talking about right uh, that depends heavily on the context so for example dandelion is a net win it's 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 just a plus it, it, it doesn't have any negatives uh, dandelion is how you are broadcasting your transactions right now we have a good way to broadcast the transactions we are broadcasting over tor dandelion makes it a near perfect way to broadcast transactions uh, you still need tor if you want to be really really private and get the anonymity set of the tor network but nevertheless dandelion is just an improvement it doesn't change anything lightning network how i think about that is that there is just uh, i mean it's simple math that blockchains don't scare right so it, it, it just doesn't work like that so so wallet developers cannot avoid eventually implementing lightning network it just uh, it it has to be done at some point in the future i think it's too early there are too many things changing right now i i don't think it's 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 a good idea and the fees are not that terrible right now but eventually every wallet has to implement lightning network or they get obsolete and how private lightning network is is a good question there was a meetup in london workshop in london between the well basically blockstream brought together all the people who are working on bitcoin privacy technology many of them wants to stay anonymous but for example, who who doesn't uh, is that Adam Beck said? Yeah, Adam Beck was there. Uh, Adam Gibson from Joy Market, uh, Tim Ruffing from Coin Shuffle. So so these kind of people think about it. And we we were. I I actually just missed it. I just see the I just see the the end result that we were we were thinking about how Lightning Network will be private and what kind of problems it has so i the takeaway is that lightning network solves a lot of things solves a lot of privacy things that bitcoin has but it also introduces a lot of attack vectors so so there is that it's 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 not like uh it's not like a dark network or something like that it's 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 not so there are hubs and you don't have anonymity through those hubs if if your your transaction only goes through one hub it it brings up other problems uh, but solves a lot so it's exciting i yeah this is another research that that i would love to get into but uh, no, no time for that. Interesting. Sure, question. sure. Your other priorities. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. So with uh, ZK Snacks and with Wasabi Wallet, what's the funding situation like at the moment? Is it a user pays model? What's the what's the go with that? There is zero point zero zero three percent mixing fee. Uh, per anonymity set which adds up if when 100 will be the anonymity set it will add up a 0.3% mixing fee so for example 0.1% is the denomination and 100 mixing that with 100 other peers it's going to be 0.1 bitcoin multiplied by 0.1 the 0.3% of 0.1 bitcoin will be the fee which is which is the lowest actually even from centralized mixers right now we didn't even get any fee because there are just so because the fees wouldn't reach uh, around three dollars uh the whole fees you know have anonymity set 0.05 btc denomination that's what is doing right now 
but the fees doesn't reach three Bitcoin uh, in, in together. So, so, so we didn't really take any fees yet. All right. And now what's, you know, what's kind of next? I mean, you guys are launching soon. Can you tell us a little bit about the launch and what's kind of the immediate next steps? On October 31, the 10 year anniversary of the Bitcoin white paper, we are going to launch the 1.0 stable version, which will include a Windows installer, Mac and OS X binaries. So you download and run, download, on, antar run, yeah. So 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 that's 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 going to be the user experience uh, from the one point zero. Excellent. That's great. Okay. Now, if if someone wants to help you guys out, how can they do it? Do they, is there a donation address, or can they help with development? You know, yes, there is a donation address uh, for me personally. To be fair, it goes everything goes to 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 people who are contributing, uh, paying them out. But uh, I don't want to mix it with the with the company because that would be some some legal gray area. So 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 this is a personal donation address for me, and this is going towards privacy work. All right. Have you got any other final closing thoughts you wanted to make? Yes, uh, I think we have a momentum now. And if we don't grab this momentum, then it might go away and not coming back for four years. Um, the more people are using privacy technology, the better that privacy technology is working because you can't hide in a... Uh, because you can't be private by yourself and you have to hide in a crowd. Okay. Yeah. No, I think that's a great uh, call to action. I think more people should uh, take their privacy seriously and, um, yeah, they should have a look. So if people want to find you, uh, where can they find you, Adam? They can find me on Twitter, noporo73, also on Medium and, well, GitHub. <laughs> Yeah, excellent. Okay. And the website, I was just looking up, it's uh, zksnacks.com for the company. And then the wallet is wasabiwallet.io for anyone interested. I'll put the links in the description, obviously. Um, And yeah, guys, I recommend you check out um, Adam's uh, articles as well on Medium. They're quite good. Um, But otherwise, I think that's, that's pretty much it. So thanks very much for coming on, Adam. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with Adam also known as Nopara73. Make sure you check out his stuff, ZK Snacks, Wasabi Wallet, and some of his Medium posts on Bitcoin privacy. I'll put all the links for those in my show notes page for this episode. So go to my website, stefanlevera.com. That's spelled Stefan, S-T-E-P-H-A-N-L-I-V-E-R-A.com. Go there and search SLP24, and you can find the links for this episode. If you guys enjoyed the podcast, don't forget to give it a five-star review, share it on social media, and or just share it directly with your friends. Uh, and lastly, if you've got any questions, uh, you can come and DM me on Twitter. My handle there is at Stefan Levera also. That's it from me, guys. Thanks, and I'll speak to you next time.